All right, guys, what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. I'm going to look at verses 13 through 21. We're going to continue on getting a bigger picture of who God is and his understanding of why things are the way they are. And really, that's going to help us in really understanding our faith, because we understand the whole issue of salvation, but the struggle is, what about these folks who don't want to believe? And, and in particular, Paul's trying to address the reality of his brethren, the Jews who are rejecting the Messiah, rejecting Jesus, and why is that? And really, what are our responsibilities? And it's kind of fitting today, that because we're going to kind of talk about getting the word out. What word? Well, the gospel, the good news about Jesus, about the reality that we need him and that he died for us and that you need only what? Recognize who he is and confess him and confess your need for him and you'll be saved. But we're going to see that even though you would say, oh, well, that message is everywhere. Really? Is it? What's on the radio? Well, I don't know about you. Do you even listen to the radio anymore? I mean, I have Bluetooth in my car. So I'm listening to my playlist on my phone. I don't even know what the weather's going to be like or even what the time is because I'm wrapped up in my classic music. Not classical music, but classic music. Okay? So... The, the reality is that the message is out there, but are people listening? A lot of folks aren't, and they don't know. Well, who's got that responsibility? Well, that's really what we're going to talk about. He's going to talk about the need, but he's also going to help us to be realistic about it. Because I'll be honest with you, so my background is in 1985, I came to Christ. I was 19 years old, was in a little bitty independent Baptist church in West Columbia, South Carolina. Evangelism was talked all the time. I even went on, how many remember going out on Tuesday night visitation, going to people's homes that didn't even want you to show up and showing up and talking to them for about 30 minutes about Jesus. And then they're lady to scoot you out the door so they could finish watching their show. You know what I'm saying? But we were talking about the Lord. Yeah, but we're going to find out that, yeah, that's, yeah, that's good, but that's not necessarily the way it's done. The thing is, is you proclaim the message, but you also have a realization. And we'll, we'll see about it when we get to it, okay? But I want you to hear what Paul says today. So I want you to notice with me, we're going to look at verses 13 through 21 through the end of the chapter. Here it is what Paul says. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what 
he has heard from us. So faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. But I ask, have they not heard? Indeed they have, for their voice has gone out to all the earth, and their words to the ends of the world. But I ask, did Israel not understand? First, Moses says, I will make you jealous of those who are not a nation. With a foolish nation, I will make you angry. Then Isaiah is so bold as to say, I have been found by those who do not seek me. I have shown myself to those who did not ask for me. But of Israel, he says, all the day long, I have held out my hands to the disobedient and contrary people. All right, so here's what we're going to do, folks. We're going to take this and kind of divide it into three sections. We're going to talk about the path to salvation. He kind of shows us that in verse 13. We're going to talk about the path to understanding. Now, how is it that people understand? So we're going to talk about the reality of that, okay, and how you fit into that. But then we're also going to talk about the reality of rejection. And I think we understand that, right? What do you mean, George? Well, think about it for a moment. Does everybody accept? No. And that's just reality. But that doesn't remove that we still have a responsibility, right? So let's kind of look at this together. So first of all, the path to salvation. He makes it very obvious, how does someone get saved? So here's what he says. Look with me at verse 13. Here's what he says. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Okay, so two things I want to point out here. First of all, salvation through faith alone is available to everyone. Everyone. Bottom line, first thing he's pointing out here, salvation is available to everyone. Everyone who calls, that's basically everyone, right? There is no, if you look at your Bibles, my Bible here is a newer Bible, and so I just bought this brand new Bible, and it has some footnotes. It doesn't have a footnote here that says, except for people who wear purple, or people with beards, or people who have blonde hair. It doesn't say that. Salvation is available to who? Everybody. If you're a human being, salvation through faith alone is available to everyone. Now notice, it's through faith alone, because we talked last week, it's not salvation through what you do, right? Because there's no way to do that, right? Because if you try to base your salvation on what you're doing, the problem is, he pointed out to us last week, that what? you got to do it all. And is it possible to do it all? No, it isn't possible to do it all. There's no way anybody can do it all. You break one part of the law, you break all of the law. So how does he present salvation to us? By having faith in who? Jesus. And what he's done for us. And that's available to everybody. Everybody, no matter what they've done, no matter what they haven't done, no matter where they came from, no matter where they're going, no matter who they voted for, nothing has anything to do with it except that they are available 
right there in front of them salvation, but they just need to reach out and accept it. So here's the second thing. Everyone who goes to the Lord in faith will be saved. That's the reality. Verse 13 is telling us, when it talks about you calling on the name of the Lord, that's an expression of you going to God, you going to the Lord Jesus and saying, I need you. I, th I find it interesting. <laughs> so some folks, when you talk to them about their salvation experience, they'll say that they prayed and they prayed a sinner's prayer. But then there are some folks who, they didn't pray a sinner's prayer. But what they prayed was, I give you my life, Jesus. And I'm following you. The issue isn't praying the prayer. The issue is calling on the name of the Lord. And going to him in faith. Do you, do you understand? And he said to us earlier, just earlier, it's what? Believing that he is Lord. That he's God. And that he what? Died for you. He just told us that a few verses earlier. So coming to him in faith is understanding who Jesus is. And calling on his name. And that salvation through faith is available to who? Everyone. Everyone. But the problem is, that simple message, would you agree with me that not everybody knows it? Yeah. Not everybody knows it. You would think that they would know it, right? But most of them don't know it. They don't know the message. No matter how much it seems to, quote, permeate our community, the reality is, is a lot of people don't know it. Why? Because you've got to take time to understand it, right? So let's talk about the path to understanding. How is it then that people get to a place where they can understand. So first thing I want you to notice with me is verse 14. He makes it very clear here. Look at what he says here, verse 14. He says this, How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? So first of all, if they don't believe in Jesus, how can they call on him? Right? If they don't believe that he is God, that he died for them, how can they call on him? How can they be saved? I think sometimes we have this assumption that, that people are saved. But the reality is, is they're not. That they're going to be okay. Well, no. How can they, how can they be saved if they don't understand who he is? Verse 14, and how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? I'll never forget it. I was just talking to somebody the other day. They were asking about children's programming we used to do here at our church. Remember, we had the after-school program here. We called it the Chill Zone. And I remember, you know, being George, walking around, making sure everything's okay, and I'm walking around outside. And, and I, I remember a kid standing outside our basement door here, and he's kind of looking in, but he's kind of, he's kind of nervous. And I kind of said to him, hey, bud, why don't you go on in? Everybody else is in there. And he said to me, I'm scared. So me, I'm thinking, you must be scared of somebody in the room. Maybe there's a bully in there or something. 
Uh, scared. What are you scared of? The church. Okay, wait a minute. Now, this is t- the 2000s, right? We're, we're in the 21st century, right? We're, we're in Clearfield County. There are 10 churches in Kerwinsville. Did you know that? There are 10 churches in Kerwinsville. Shouldn't everybody know what a church is? But people don't. And he didn't. And he did go in. See, people don't know. So here's the thing I want you to understand. People cannot believe what they've never heard or understood. You need to understand that. They're just not going to by osmosis. Woo, I figured it out. Wow, I'm in a room with people. I'm going to figure it out. No, 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 no. Do you understand? That isn't how it works. They're not going to understand your Jesus or even hear of him. I, you know, I like the whole aspect of friendship evangelism. That's how I operate. But just me living out my life and never saying anything isn't going to lead anybody to Jesus. I'm just going to be honest with you. Because what, it's, what I'm telling them is, is George is a good moral person. What they need to hear coming out of my mouth is what? A name. Whose name? Jesus. Do you understand? There needs to be the proclamation of who? Jesus. And how he worked in my life. And how he can what? Work in their life. Now, I don't need to be obnoxious about it. But I can ask God to give me the opportunities to what? Share about it, right? So the first thing in, in this path to understanding, you've got to understand that people cannot believe what they've never heard or understood. Here it is. Here's the second thing. Look with me at verse 14 and 15 again. He says this. And how are they to uh, believe in him of whom they've never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? Now, stop for a moment. You're going to say, okay, there it is, preaching. That's not me, George. That's you. Uh, yeah, that's our English translation. The word is proclaim. Proclaiming. How are they without somebody proclaiming? Now, can you proclaim? I know you can. Steeler fan, you're proclaiming the victories, right? Eagles fans, proclaiming the victories, right? I mean, you could proclaim, wow, did you see that game Friday night in high school? That was great. You're proclaiming, right? You, you tell people, you know. It's the same thing. Okay, so here's what I want you to see. Here's the point. The opportunity to hear and understand can only happen if somebody shares the gospel. And the word gospel is good news. You're not to go and share with them a theology lesson. Can I be honest with you? Most people don't even want to hear a theology lesson. You're, you're supposed to go with them and share with them the good news about who? Jesus. about the reality of what he's done for your life, how he's in your life right now and carrying you through what you're going through right now. Not some belief, although that's part of it, but the reality of him right now. That's the path to understanding. So first of all, recognize that people aren't going to understand because they've never heard of they, 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 They're not going to just accept Jesus because they don't understand, they haven't heard. But how are they supposed to hear? Because somebody has to share, right? 
Somebody has to share. Here's the third thing. Well, actually, the, reject, the third thing is not listed there for you, but I'll just go ahead and tell you. You're the one to share. Write that down. You're the one to share. Why? Because you're the one who interacts with Jesus. You're the one who sees Jesus working in your life. You're the one who prays to Jesus and talks to him about the stuff going on in your life. And he's there working in your life. He's the one who forgives you. He's the one who gives you wisdom each day. He's the one who is guiding you through your life, comforting you, consoling you. He's the one who's a part of your life. How are they going to know about Jesus unless somebody who knows Jesus, what, shares about Jesus, right? You're the one. In fact, look at what he says about the one who shares. If you look with me, verse 15 how are they to proclaim, preach, unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. That's you and I. What a blessing it is if you share with others about Jesus. Period. It's a good thing. But here's the reality, though. So, because you're there and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to share now, George. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to start seeing people getting saved. No, that's not necessarily true. That's not why we share. We share because we're told to share because that's the only way people have to get to the path of understanding. But the reality is, and Paul knows this because, again, he's talking about his brethren, the Jews who are not believing. He goes on and tells us the reality of rejection. And sometimes you and I need to hear that because we get so defeated from sharing. It's like, I've been sharing for a long time and nobody's responding. There must be something wrong with me. George, if you were with me, you would know what to say. I wouldn't know what to say any more than you would sometimes with people. And it's you that God put them in contact with. So you share. But that doesn't mean necessarily they'll respond, but then maybe they will. But here is the reality of rejection. I want you to notice with me, we're going to look at four things here as we go through verses 16 through 21. Here's verse 16. Here's what he says, verse 16. Here it is. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For the Lord says, Lord, for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So that's a question of the reality is that people don't believe. So here's what I want you to understand that even though the gospel is shared, most will not respond. Even though it's shared, you've got to recognize most won't respond. And so can I free you up here a second? It's not you. It's not that you didn't use the right words or the right technique. Because I've become convinced now more ever about the whole issue of rejection that rejection is ultimately a heart issue, not a head issue. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's ultimately a heart issue, not a head issue. Because there are some people, even if they see something happen, they still don't believe it. You ever met somebody like that? That even though they just saw something happen in front of them, they didn't believe it happened. 
Why? Because they're convinced that it didn't happen. It's a heart issue. And so when I share, I need to grasp the reality that not everybody's going to respond. But you know what? I'm thankful now. Here I am. I mean, I got saved in 1985. This is, I mean, 38 years later. I've shared many times, and I'll be honest, yes, I've seen some folks come to know the Lord, but I've seen an awful lot not. But in the earlier years, I would be so defeated at a rejection. I would think there was something wrong with me. Maybe my clothes weren't right. Maybe my hair was, I had a hair back then, so maybe my hair was out of place. Do you know what I'm saying? And maybe my, my talking was wrong and I didn't have the right. It had nothing to do with that. I mean, can that affect things? Yeah, but not always. The reality was it had nothing to do with me. It was the reality is, is that, can I, by the way, it's not about you. It's about them and somebody else. And the somebody else isn't you. It's about who? Jesus. And at that moment, they didn't want Jesus. So they said no. This is the reality of rejection. But again, just to, again, express what it is here, Paul's going to reaffirm, look with me at verse 17, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of God. He's just going to, even though the rejection is there, this is where faith, faith emerges in response to hearing the word of God. Faith comes from responding to the word of God. So here's what I understand. Faith isn't you sharing. Faith emerges in people because they what? Respond. And something clicks. And they want. So for me, it was April, third week of April on a Tuesday night. I was at the student union building at the University of South Carolina. I was a commuting student, but one of my buddies from engineering class said, hey, why don't you come to this Bible study? I came to the Bible study. And, and there was something already going on in my life anyhow, but I, I think I was just ready, right, for what happened that night. And so I went there, and I'm in this room with about 30 people, maybe 20 people, and, and they're all different university students, and they're all sharing about what Jesus is doing in their life. And I'm listening, and I'm like, wow. Wow, and then there's this guy that gets up and he shares a message. And I'm like really intrigued. And, and so I'm like asking the missionary later afterwards, the missionary who worked with this college group, and I said, hey, I, I'm really interested. And he told me, go home and read the Gospel of John. So I, I didn't have a Bible. So I go home, back home, and what the practice in the Cannon household was is when we got home, we were to, to tell our daddy we were home. I mean, look, I'm 19 years old. I'm still telling my daddy I'm home, daddy. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just the way it was in our household. And But when I knocked on his door to tell him I was home, I said to him, hey, uh, dad, I called him daddy. I didn't call him dad. I said, hey, daddy, uh, do we have a Bible? And he thought for a moment, he fumbled around and said, yeah, I, th I think we have one. And check this cabinet in this room and see if there, and there was. There was a Masonic Bible there. And, and uh, I went and got this Masonic Bible and looked in the index, because I didn't know where anything was, to find John. And I read the Gospel of John that evening. 
And I found myself on my knees by my bed after I read, and I said, I believe you. And I give my life to you. And my life changed. It was never the same after that. Because I embraced who he was. Why? Because somebody shared through testimony, through a message, through telling me what to read, the understanding happened. Faith comes in response to what, folks? The word of God, which is communicated by who? You and I. But again, just so you understand, so when people reject, in spite of this, look with me at verse 18, but as... I ask, have they not heard? So, haven't they heard? He said, indeed they have. For their voice has gone out to all the earth and their words to all the ends of the world. So they've heard. But here's the point. In spite of this, many will reject and are not without excuse. So in spite of this, even, even though they've heard, they're not responding in faith, they're what? Rejecting. But here's the thing. They're without excuse. I, mean, I think we understand that, right? I can think of many a jobs that I've been on where, okay, I, so I remember, you know, when I was in college, I, I worked at Piedmont Airlines. The greatest airline ever till U.S. Air bought them, okay? So, I mean, greatest airline. I worked at Columbia, South Carolina on the tarmac. And when you're a new guy and you're learning the job, sometimes you do stuff and you think you know what you're doing. And uh, and the problem is, is you're working with these Boeing jets. I mean, we're not talking little Piper Cub airplanes. We're talking jets, you know. And, you know, and, and I remember getting reprimanded a few times because I did something stupid. Yes, I do stupid things, okay? And you got to be careful when you're around a jet doing stupid things. And, and I'll say to the boss, well, I can represent, I didn't know that. And, and he said, yeah, you did, because I told you not to do that. So I'm without what? Excuse. Man, one day when we all in humanity appear before the throne... There's going to be a lot of people without excuse. Why? Because they heard, but they want. They rejected. This is the reality he's saying. It's not that they haven't heard. It's they rejected. And so again, the reality of, of rejection comes down to this one thing. Even in spite of that, here's what I want you to see. This, this verse kind of just blew up, blew up in my face when I was reading it. It's the very last verse but of Israel. So he's talking about Israel. He's talking about his brethren who are not responding. He says this, all the day long I have held out my hands to the disobedient and contrary people. He's talking about the Lord here. He's, the Lord is reaching out. This is what I want you to see, is that in his grace, the Lord actively reaches out to those who reject him. So even though they're rejecting, this is the grace of God, isn't it? He's still what? Reaching out to them. Isn't that awesome? This is why I like to believe that it's not over. If somebody says to you they don't believe, it isn't over. How do you know that, George? 
Because as long as they're still drawing a breath, they can still change their minds. The moment that they can't change their minds is the moment that they no longer draw a breath. Because then they enter into eternity. And as long as they're alive, what does it say here? God still reaches out to them. So you keep what? Sharing. Pointing to Jesus. Because we're wanting them to what, ultimately? Not just here. We're wanting them to understand. Not just mentally. We're wanting them to understand with their hearts. Because remember what I said earlier, just early in this verse, from the heart, the mouth makes what? Confession. We want their hearts to change. So you say, okay, George, what do we do with this? So here again, we're getting the bigger picture. We're trying to understand how God works, especially with those who it seems like they don't want to respond and reject. What do we do? He's basically saying, keep sharing. Yes, you realize that most are rejecting and most will reject, but here's the thing. As long as they're alive, who's reaching out to them? God. Can I tell you how he's reaching out to them? With you. You're the ones God uses to reach out to them. Do you understand? So reach out. Because we know what's coming, right? And we want them to have the who? The Lord. So don't give up. Keep reaching out with the gospel. Let me pray for you.